Flavor Odyssey is brought to you by Drew Estate, the rebirth of cigars, and Smokin' Cigars, voted number one in selection and customer service. A Flavor Odyssey. And now from Cigar Dojo Studio Lot B, your hosts, Robbie Raz and Randy Griggs. And the Odyssey continues. What's up, Dojo Nation? Welcome to another episode of Flavor Odyssey. I'm your host, Robbie Raz. There's our co-host right over there, Randy Griggs, coming to you live from Lot B. And Randy, maybe for like one of the last times ever, although we haven't actually talked about this, Lot B minus, we might, uh, we might lose the minus here shortly. Uh, we'll see. We haven't talked about that. This is a good time to talk about it. Um, probably not. I'd say, I'd, 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 say, I'd say like let's keep that for uh, no, let's just, another let's, let's, that let's time. Let's discuss it now, and we'll set a time. And anyway, <clears throat> how you doing today? I'm doing well. Thanks for uh, for asking. I'm ex- excited about being back. You know, obviously we mm. took the last two weeks off. I was doing a little traveling. Went and covered uh, the Tobacco Plus Expo. Uh, event with the the team, which was mm. fantastic, and you know, uh, yeah, excited I, to be back. I enjoyed watching. And I just got uh, an espresso delivered. Look at look that. that espresso, like DoorDash, right? Another show sponsor. Um, <laughs> no, they don't. They don't sponsor our show. Hey, um, I, I, I've got stock. I'm 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 open to anything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you and me both. It's it's been great. Another another Randy stock tip. Um, Boy, wow, we are getting off to a bad start here. I, I watched all the interviews that y'all did at TPE. It was fun. I loved that it was like four interviews in a row where Eric interviewed someone that was six, seven, or above. <laughs> they were great. And there was the, I, I liked the interview with Robert Caldwell when you said Tobacco Plus Expo. And he said, you know, I didn't know what TPE stood for until just now, right? When you said it. Yeah, I thought that was great. Eric, Jordan, what's yes. going on at the Dojo Dugout, boys? So, ah, man, what a crazy, uh, what a crazy trip we had to Vegas TPE. We had a really cool uh, mid-century modern Airbnb. Mid-century. It was amazing. You know, like here's the thing: there's so many like Airbnbs that you get, and they all want to like give you this Vegas flair, so they like stick a poster of like Elvis on the wall or something. You know, like or flamingos like the, in there somewhere. Yeah, maybe? like the flamingos, the Rat Pack. They're like, oh, Sammy Davis Jr. was we'll stick him on the wall. This Airbnb was a legit, like, 1955 house with legit mid-century modern furniture and a pool in the backyard. And uh, me, Jordan, Randy hung out. Oh, it was amazing. We had, we had a killer time. I mean, um, the, whole, the whole adventure was fun. The show was great. There was a, a, a big turnout. Yeah, I thought it went off uh, swimmingly. The people might have actually still lived in the house. They did. One of for those sure. One of those things that like the clothes are still in the closet. Oh, that's like, creepy. Paste and toothbrushes were in the drawers in the bathrooms. Like, are they in the garage right this very minute? It was it was it was kind of off putting a little bit. 
By the way, I took I took one of those I took one of those toothpaste or tooth toothbrushes, and I just I scrubbed down low, just you know, then left it. I don't know. Clean clean the toilet. Yeah. Clean the toilet. Jordan, how was your experience? We skipped you. Why did we skip you? Well, we it was Jordan. exactly the same. You know, I was I was there. Well, then fine. We can skip you. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, you walked right into that one. I'm sorry. It just just happened. Um, Want to go ahead and remind you guys out there watching live, go ahead and hit, hit that share button. Uh, let everybody know that you watch weird stuff like this in your free time. And we are here, Randy. We got a wild card episode. Very exciting. We are smoking the none other than the Drew Estate Dogma Dojo Maduro. This cigar has a really long official name. We'll just go with the Dogma Dojo Maduro. You could call it the Mad. You could call it the Mad Dog if you want. Mad Dog. Okay, we'll go with that. Randy drinks a lot of Mad Dog, from what I understand. Hey. And hey, oh, and we've got uh, we're kind of bearing lead here because we have a special guest. Indeed. We have a special guest tonight. Joey Drew from Drew Estate is here to join us. The wait, let me make sure I get this correct. The planetary defender of the Drew Estate artist cosmos. Yes, that. <laughs> yeah, Thank you, Marketing Cosmos. Good. That's perfect. I almost forgot. Joey, doing, how you doing, man? I'm doing great, man. I'm just uh, I just came off of a. A healthy, robust sticks and sips episode, Ooh. so I'm feeling no pain. Uh, enjoying, just fired up my dogma, my mad dog for everybody. So uh, beautiful, getting ready to do this thing. Nice, you're you're nice and warmed up. That's uh, you guys have a lot of fun on that show. Oh yeah, I mean, look, smoking cigars, drinking spirits, you know, talking, talking to amazing people. We've had some amazing guests for this past like year plus. So yeah, there's, there's nothing wrong with that at all. Yeah, but, that's not a that's not a bad way to be. And a, today, and today you get to be the amazing guest. And now I'm an amazing, no, special. Sp- special? We, we, plan, planetary special. cosmos? Yeah. Something? Uh, how about this? How about we do this? Fucking special. There you go. Yeah, we'll go with that. <laughs> fucking A, let's do it. Special. Our fucking um, special guest. And, Joey, we're going to talk, you've got, actually. so your, your actual title is, what, what is your actual title? Because now I can't remember it. I've made you know, up so many the, fake the ones in my head. Title, the official title for, for the executives that uh, need to quantify me is uh, Global Creative Director. Like, there it oh. is. Global Creative Director. Well, I mean, that's, it sounds like that's that's powerful stuff. It know? does. It does. It's like like you should have a suit, like a special suit that you you step into every time you go to work, like an Iron right. Man kind of situation. I was going to say at least a utility belt, right? Like, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> well, it, you get utility belt like – International, I think, is when when you get the utility belt. Global, it's it's the next level. Yeah, that's, that's, that's total next level. Yeah, we don't even get to know this about is, that. This isn't the intercontinental belt. This is the <laughs> global belt. You know? It's it's Very Randy. Nice. It's something really really cool that we don't even know about. Um, <laughs> so we're smoking we're thank smoking you, the dog, but thank you. And we are drinking a spirit that I know literally nothing about. Literally. Uh, is uh. We're drinking some mezcal, and I have this tiny little bottle of mezcal. Uh, but uh, Joey, we understand that you are the not only the global defender of uh, intergalactic planetary—I don't know where I'm going—but um, uh, you're also the mezcal expert over there, right? I get, yeah, some somehow, some way, it's happened. If I think if you drink enough or smoke enough of anything, you could quantify yourself as a as an expert. But yeah, on, you know, it really happened through. Sticks and sips, and just 
became a thing. Like we just dedicated a minute. Hey, let's just do this. Bang. So, and it, uh, it's cool because not like yourself, not a lot of people knew it. You know, they've heard, they've heard Mescal, they've heard of it. They don't know what it is. And so it was a way every week, boom, I could just introduce people to this new thing that I'm into. I'm geeking out over it for the last like five years and, uh, pull more people down the rabbit hole with me and, uh, and have fun doing it. Okay, yeah. It's, so, so I have to set this up first of all, because we, we didn't know that Joey was an expert until like this conversation happened. We're, we're down in Miami and, uh, and, and we're with our good friend, Jack Heyer of, of previous dojo fame. And he ends up, he's talking, uh, Mescal comes up. I bring up a, a friend of ours uh, on castle crew, my buddy, Todd, he, every week he celebrates Mescal Monday and tequila Tuesday. Yeah. And he and he pairs both mezcal and tequila every week with none other than the Hoya de Nicaragua Antonio Dark Corojo. So so at some point I, I need your 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 you to rein in, weigh in and, and let us know what you think about that cigar with the, with those types of spirits. But but I bring that up and I'm and I'm and I'm talking to Jack about it and I told him, you know, it would be fun to do a uh a Hoya uh, kind of focused episode on mezcal and he goes oh man you know joey he this guy literally has a glass of mezcal on his desk at nine o'clock in the morning hey, and i'm not i'm not saying the guy gets drunk every day but like just every, you know throughout the day he's just sipping mezcal all day long from the morning on <laughs> a little sense yeah and so we were so intrigued by it. It's like, we got to get this guy on and tell us about Mescal. Because like Robbie said, I also, hell, I've been, been to tequila and I've visited the tequila factories. And I still had no idea what Mescal was because they never mentioned that when we were at the tequila factories. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, really looking forward to this. But but anyway, I had to set that up a little bit. Give a shout out to my man, Todd and the Castle crew and, and let everyone know you apparently have a little sipper of Mescal on your desk every day at work. Always. <laughs> Without fail, amongst other things. Nice. <laughs> so is this, is there, do you have a kind of rotation, like different brands? Like Monday is this brand and Tuesday is this brand? Or you just uh, grab no. whatever whatever grabs your fancy on yeah, the way out whatever. the door? I probably have at any given time between home bar and office bar, 50 to 100 different bottles of just mezcal uh, just sitting around. Uh, that sounds gonna, like a problem, but I, I can always use some more. <laughs> so 50 to 100. Randy, yeah. moving forward, you can never, ever again give me crap about my bar being, you know, bougie or, or deep because I don't have 50 to 100 bottles of anything, <laughs> let alone of, of the same spirit. Well, I got to say, it's funny. You, you reacted to the, the quantity. I'm still stuck on. Did he say between my home and my office bar? <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, that's true. That is too. correct. <laughs> you gotta to have an fair, office bar. If you don't have an fair, office bar, my, you're doing. My my home bar and my office bar currently are the exact same bar. So <laughs> yeah, for many, what, what, are you, what are you gonna do? <laughs> yeah. Um, so, are are you? You're not exclusively a uh, a mezcal drinker. You you, no. you imbibe in other spirits, I assume. Oh, of course, yeah. Who, who wouldn't? I mean, you don't want to just do. And we'd be like smoking the same cigar every day. You would. You don't want to do that either. Good answer. And that, and that's the beauty of it. Yeah, no. And and you know, Sam. I mean, I've been on runs of other spirits for numerous years at a time. And you go through period. I mean, like everybody, you go through these periods of time where, man, I'm just hitting rum. Man, I'm going through the rum world, and I'm loving this, or I'm hating that one. And I'm, ah, that one's terrible. I love this one. What's more of this? And then, you know, you do that with scotch. You do it with bourbon and American whiskey, and you just keep going down these little rabbit holes of discovery. And 
just opening your world up to things. And, and that's been my last five years has really been mezcal, this deep, deep, deep dive. Well, let me let me ask you, Joey, because, you know, this is Flavor Odyssey and, and, you know, everything that we do is based around these pairings. And so you love mezcal. You know, clearly, uh, you've spent the last 20 years of your life working at uh, 20 years plus working at uh, Drew Estate. So I'm assuming you have a pretty strong affinity for cigars as well. Uh, does do you find that there's a good pairing there? Does mezcal go well with cigars or, or are they just two things that you like independent of each other? No, no, they go really well. I mean, it took uh, took a little time to fine tune like which mezcals worked with what cigars. Um, in the beginning, I really wasn't smoking a lot of Maduros uh, with mezcal. I found that they just a lot of times conflicted with each other, especially with Espadine, which is the predominant one that most people were encountering. Found that they just didn't mesh uh, that well to me. Uh, you know, so I was smoking a lot of Habanos and Sun Grown. Uh, those really were like, for me, those were like, that was the magic door opener for cigar pairing and mezcal. It's like, ah, this is where they really, for me, come together. Once they started getting further down the rabbit hole of exploring really wild agaves, different varietals that offer different flavors, then they paired better with, you know, stronger, fuller bodied Maduros. Uh, and you know, it changes over time. It's like anybody's palate. It's, it's what, what have you ever encountered in your life that you have a reservoir of flavor knowledge inside your head? That's got to be unlocked, you know, depending on what you're smoking, what you're drinking. Oh, that's, that's pretty fair. So, so let me ask, we haven't done a round Robin talk about what we're drinking yet. Joey, what are you drinking tonight? Since we are going with a Maduro and a pretty strong cigar in its own yeah. right in the underground dogma. Well, yeah. So tonight, and with a lot of Maduros, it's actually, <laughs> you're going to kill me. It's really not a Moscow. <laughs> it's, uh, it's an, I know. <laughs> uh, wait, seriously, <laughs> like who brought this guy here? Come on now. Right. Uh, so I mean, go. I appreciate, I do appreciate the honesty though, because you could have just lied to us, no, but anyway, I'm sorry, go ahead. No. So it's like, look, Moscow is a broad, broad term that really, uh, in its essence, encapsulates all agave distilled spirits. Te tequila, which is one of those. So tequila is a form of mezcal, even though the tequila guys will never want to really admit that. Um, and in mezcal, there's other worlds that open up as you go down further. And this is another one. This is right called a ricea. Mm -hmm. So a ricea is made from several different uh, agave varietals uh, in and around the Jalisco area in the north. Um, and this one is really super funky and sweet and sour and i love that sweet and sour kind of funkiness with a good stronger fuller bodied maduro to me that's they really come together really well like i was pairing this earlier with uh with the undercrown 10 I just found that they just they just mash up so really well together and there's some other mezcal varietals that go down this weird funky road that introduce these you know you say sour and people go oh sour but no sour is beautiful you know if, if you're into sour beer uh, that's definitely something, uh, it's not the every, it's not the immediate, like, oh, that's the one you go to. But when you do put them together, you can, it can really be an enjoyable experience. So that's what I'm, that's what I'm uh, sipping on right now. Some, some, some high octane ricea. Got a few other wild varietals sitting behind me at, uh, probably pop this one a little bit. The, oh. This one's a quiche, which is another varietal. There's literally dozens of different agave varietals that they distill and make mezcal into. Uh, well, so, and that's the beauty of it. 
Yeah, no, since you got into that, I wanted to touch on, you know, I, would you say that uh, I, I prepared this just for the show, that uh, that, mezcal, that tequila is to mezcal what bourbon is to whiskey, where all tequilas are mezcals, but not all mezcals are tequilas. Correct. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's, that's the way to say it. I always, you know, and and after a few too many, you you keep reversing it. <laughs> right, right. I, oh, I I practiced that. I was like, don't get this wrong. Uh, yeah, because I actually read that uh, the McGave plant, uh, what, what most people refer to as agave in general, there's actually uh, close to 200 different varietals, and mezcal originated really uh, from Oaxaca. And Oaxaca, the state of Oaxaca in Mexico, is um, is produces about 60 percent of all the um, mezcal that comes out of Mexico, like you said, Jalisco, where, where, where you're drinking, is also um, prevalent, as is Michoacan and uh, uh, Guerrero, uh, Durango. Right, right. So it, it's 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 pretty common throughout Mexico, but Oaxaca is known as the the yeah, primary uh, origin, and yeah. and so that that's one of the things that I, I found was really interesting is that there's these 200 varietals, and they say that somewhere between 30 and 50 are believed to be used for maguey, or I'm sorry, for mezcal, and uh, and that so only blue agave is technically tequila, which is just yeah. one of these 200 varietals. And basically any other varietal that you use is a mezcal, right? Yep. And then the espadine, as you pointed out, is the primary varietal that, yeah. that you find. And, that's the, and the espadine is really the closest, I guess, in botanical terms to a blue ever. Mm. So it's 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 very close. And, and some tequila guys will even purchase you know, espadine juice and, and, and do blends and stuff as well. But they don't like to talk about that either, but that's okay. Oh. <laughs> You're pulling back the curtain. Yeah. Back it. Oh, there's always a curtain, right? Oh, absolutely. If there's no curtain, what's the point? I know. There's got to be a curtain. Um, so, uh, Randy, what are you drinking tonight? So I, I went with the um, – now, I, I always assume anytime I see something from Mexico with an X, I just assume it's Mayan and it's, uh, it's the it's CH well. sound. So is it Shikaru? What'd you call I, you this? You know joke? what? I've I've butchered it numerous times. It could be Wakaru. I think it, I think X is mostly W. Wakaru. Okay. Wakaru. So, yeah. so, so I've got the and it translates to beautiful. Oh, nice. So I've got the Wakaru silver. So yeah. obviously, just like tequila, you find uh, mezcal in a reposado or an añejo based on you know whether it was rusted in oak or aged for a, a longer amount of time on oak. Uh, this one's from Oaxaca. Uh, this is a, uh, you know, they they brag that this is done in traditional uh, way with the traditional mash, the traditional uh, oven, uh, and we'll talk a little bit about how mezcal differs from tequila in flavor and where it gets that smoky um, note from. Um, but uh, but that's what that's what I'm rocking with. Uh, and and I saw on Instagram, I think. Eric and Jordan went out and they, they took part as well. You guys got some mezcals there in Colorado. Is, is that that, right? that surprising? You know what's crazy is we the it's liquor. Like, it, it is surprising it is. that you guys are taking part <laughs> yeah, in the pairing. Yes, absolutely, it is. The uh, the li- the liquor store we go to, Randy, had a huge selection of mezcal, oh, but none uh, none of them were anything other than the the blanco versions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we got the uh, Nuestra Soledad. I don't know if that's I said that I right. Yeah, you got but, it. Uh, yeah, was good. Anyhow, it is uh, Espadine, as you said, Maguey Espadine. And um, it's, uh, what is this, like uh, 50% alcohol, 100 proof ish. 
And yeah. so now, as everybody knows, watching the show, Jordan and I are bourbon aficionados. So this is we're going, we're we're going down a rabbit hole tonight. I've never even uh, delved into mezcal, so I'm super excited about this episode to see uh, to learn about it from you guys. Cool. That's well, awesome. I can tell you, I can tell you one thing quick right off the bat is most of the mezcal heads and geeks really will not drink the reposados or the añejo mezcals. Really. It's just a thing. And then I know in Mexico, you know, uh, traditionally they have always had them, but the, the majority of people even in Mexico don't don't drink that style. It was uh, something that they did early on uh, before it was made for export. Uh, and really uh, most of the companies that even do it today, it's it's really to mimic what is going on in tequila. And some of the companies try to ride off of that kind of wave. Uh, but it really comes down to the barrels. And so... Man, you take a rye, you take corn, you take uh, wheat, take barley, rice, whatever you distill, and it all comes out the same way every time. It comes out clear. And that's pretty much every spirit known to man. But the minute you throw it into a barrel, so much changes. And a lot of those changes, you know, you guys are into, into bourbon, a lot of guys into scotch. All of a sudden, the flavor notes start moving in a very, very similar space, very quickly. You know, there's that vanillins, those tannins, that caramelization and all that other that yummy stuff that comes into play. Uh, and so I really like to drink it, you know, uh, Hoven, white. Uh, you really get the purest essence of that spirit. I mean, if you guys have ever had like a, like a white rye, like a white dog rye, I mean, that'll, that just is mind-blowing stuff. You know, you're like, oh my God, this is what it tastes like coming off the still, you know? And that's where you really taste the, the purest form of, the, of that spirit uh, before it hits the barrel. Because once it's in the barrel, man, it all goes the same way for the most part. You know, Joey, just real quick, um, Jordan and I went on the Jack Daniels tour a few years ago when we were driving uh, to Florida. We stopped at Jack Daniels. And um, I, obviously, I'm not a big fan of Jack Daniels. Uh, but in the tour, at the very beginning of the tour... They they come around with uh, like this jug of the, the the pure distillate and they squirt it in your hands just like this and you can just right. like you know eat you know drink it out of your hands and it was delicious it was like yeah it was like a hundred times better than any Jack Daniels I've ever had in my life like I was hoping that they would just give me a small like you know a little bottle of that just pure distillate because it was sweet and delicious yeah no it's it's. I mean, and that goes with anything. I mean, other, I mean some of the corn whiskeys uh, are a little wacky, but rye, I love white rye. White rye is like money. That stuff is like, it's just so full flavored, bready, chewy. It's just, you know, the spice note is still still rocking, but there's this whole other world of flavor that gets kind of lost when it's thrown in a barrel for, you know, five, ten years. That's interesting. I'm gonna have to look into that. I've never had any white rye, and I'm I have learned over the course of this show, for the most part, that I really am, am a rye fan. Uh, so I definitely want to try yeah. that. I think yeah, it's, I, like, it, I like the higher rye bourbon myself. So okay, or, or straight rye. I just like that extra that extra bit of spice. You know that that like cinnamon mm. edge to it on a lot of yeah. them. That, 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 that's where the fun comes in. Yeah, absolutely. For me, I, I'm mostly drinking rye when I have a cigar in my hand, and there's so many great parallels to cigars that, that those flavors play uh, play off each other so extremely yeah. well. 
Oh, that's, okay. uh, that's something I've learned over the last couple of years as well, Randy, is I've become a much, much bigger rye fan. Some yeah. of the first ryes that I had were really sweet, oddly enough. Mm. Um, and uh, that kind of turned me off uh, from rye a little bit. My wife has always liked rye. Yeah, and, I mean, a lot uh, of the Canadian ryes that, that most people were getting early on, were those are softer and, and definitely lean on the sweeter side than the, than the more aggressive American-style mm. stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The more the more I go down that uh, the hole of rye, I really uh, really do enjoy it. Uh, Eric and Jordan, the label on that bottle looks an awful lot like the album cover of In Utero from <laughs> yeah, Nirvana. You're right. <laughs> yeah, like it looks I exactly mean, it's a carbon the same. copy. Right? You know, I mean, it's a little Kurt Cobain action going on yeah. here. <laughs> I mean, there's yeah. So that that I would probably buy that just based. On that, uh, not my favorite uh, Nirvana album, but I mean, there's only a couple to choose from. That sure. is yeah. but, uh, Nirvana album, actually. <clears throat> Never mind. What? Wait, wait, wait. Yeah. What did you say, Jordan? Jordan? That, is, that is the best Nirvana album. Jordan says that is the best Nirvana album. You weren't even alive when Nirvana was <laughs> Does that yes, matter? It was. So, so, it, a, it doesn't matter. Were, B, I was alive. Ro Robbie, do you like it, the Beatles? Do you like the Beatles? Uh, He's really yeah, old, I Eric. Do. I do. All right, you weren't alive then either. <laughs> Come on. That's a good. That was a good one. Uh, good one, yeah, uh, right. Randy. No, I, I wasn't. You are correct, um, but uh, that doesn't make me a Beatles expert. Um, <laughs> anyway, the uh, okay. So I'm glad that you said that uh, Reposado sucks because that's what I'm yeah, drinking. I, know. Uh, I was so happy when you texted to me. Like, yeah, oh, no, that's great. Yeah, good times. That's terrible. Don't drink it. <laughs> uh, so no, it's, it's, oh, it, it's fine. Look, it's, it's, a, it's a great way to still experience what takes place. I mean, again, it's been rested in, in a barrel for some time, so some of those. It's got a little right. color. Lots will dissipate, and you know, barrels do what barrels do, and it softens things out, brings in that vanilla note, a little bit of woodiness, and uh, it's still it's still delicious. I have I have you know several you know reposados and and añejos of mezcal myself. It's not the ones I go to regularly, but I have them because you have to. <laughs> it, it's it's opposite of what I would think. Like with with rum, for example, at least this is the way that I see it. You go with with a clear rum. I mean, you don't really want to be sipping on a clear rum for the most part. Yeah. And like the, the longer the rum is aged, the better it is. So an añejo, well, maybe that's not the perfect answer, but you understand what I'm saying. And then añejo yeah. rum is really what you're looking for. Uh, but with this, it's it's the opposite of what I would normally think. Yeah. Well, I mean, the real opposite is compared to other spirits is that almost every other spirit comes from an annual crop. Mm. You know, they grow it every single year. Um, and all of the aging is in the barrels and that's the time, you know, the time is there. Whereas with agave spirits, the time is in the ground, it's in the roots and the, you know, these plants can't be harvested for, uh, at a minimum, you know, eight years, uh, and many times 15 to 20 plus years. So that's a long time to wait. You know, either way you wait, you, which, which side of the game do you want to wait on, you know, and with with mezcal and with tequilas is you're waiting on the plant in the ground because you can't distill it until it's ready. And that mat, you know, uh, when it matures, it's many, many years, a decade later. Uh, so all of that absorption of, of sun and rain and earth, you know, for a decade is what is being imparted inside that plant. And then by the time you go through the process, then you're extracting all of that flavor to make something. Interesting. So yeah. I, that does that gives me some follow up questions uh, that we'll get into here in a second. Um, just to to finalize things here, I'm I'm drinking mezcal sacrificio, mm -hmm. which apparently is a spirits direct thing that is kind of specific to um, total wine. 
least mm -hmm. that's the way that I understand that. Uh, we purchased this tiny little bottle. This is uh, what 3.75 mil, so half bottle. Um, my wife had a, a subscription to a cocktail uh, service called, uh, I think it was called Shaker and Spoon. I'm not really sure. It was, it was given to us as a gift. And they would send you for three different cocktails, everything you need for the cocktail, but you have to supply the spirit. And we specifically picked uh, mezcal because we had never really had it before. Um, other than one really, really drunken night in Amsterdam, but we, it's, that's a story for another time. Um, but yeah, uh, I know. Yeah, it happens. Um, but uh, so we, we purchased this little bottle, made these cocktails. The cocktails were great. Most of them featured um, pineapple, which yep. I don't necessarily like in uh, in cocktails. I, I don't know what it is about pineapple and cocktails that doesn't really jive with me. But they had these dehydrated pineapple rings mm. that you just kind of – it was like a floater on top of the drink. Oh, forget about it. It was great. Um, but anyway, I just stuck with this one because this is what we had. 40% uh, alcohol. It's uh, – yeah, it's the Espadine uh, Agave 100%, and it's from Oaxaca. So very similar – I guess that's kind of a, a kind of standard. Yeah, uh, pretty standard. Yeah, I mean, yeah. most of the what, what I would say entry level. I mean, and, and really to any spirit, but uh, for mezcal in particular, that entry level is a lot. You'll see a lot of you know standard eighty proof. Yeah, uh, it's definitely a lot more approachable. You know, for the person that's you know, hey, if you're stretching out, you know, because a lot of bottles of mezcals that I purchase, eighty, hundred plus dollars. Yeah, there's plenty in that forty to fifty range as well. Uh, you know, but it, they're, they're definitely more approachable at 80 proof. It's softer. It's a good it's a good ease into it to see, hey, do I like what this tastes like? Yeah. Uh, and that was mainly my first hook was a lot of those like uh, uh, Del Maguey Vida is, is the big entry point for a lot of people, as is Monte Lobos. Uh, depending on where you live and which liquor store is carrying which, whether it's the Wakaru, um, Sacrificio. Um, and that's also the ones that are predominantly a little bit more smoky. Uh, uh, that's when you'll get that smoke. And that happens at the beginning. Uh, that smokiness is what kind of hooks you. Because it's, yeah, there's this juicy, uh, honey-like sweetness to it, but then there's this... And that's alluring because if you're into scotch, man, who doesn't love a good smoky scotch? So, Everybody else on this show besides me and you. <laughs> Apparently. What's wrong? Yeah. What's wrong with you people? I don't understand it. I, I, I'm telling you, it's the wait, I've tried... Um, I let me uh, my head against this wall a lot, oh and God. we should just yeah. Real quick, let me jump in with an audience terrible. question here. Uh, Justin Kenny asked Joey, "What's a good mezcal to try for someone that has never tried it?" Yes, yeah, so that's that's easy. Like I just said, uh, Del Mugway Vita Green Bottle. You'll see that in most decent shops. Uh, Monte Lobos is another great one. Uh, there's another newer one that just came out. I have a tiny little bottle because they sent it to me called uh, Ojo de Tigre. I don't know if you can see that up there. There you go. That one's really good. And, uh, yeah, so you start there, you know, and that stuff's, you know, 80 proof. Uh, dip your toe in and, uh, and go, ooh, I like that. That's pretty cool. And they may, and it's really great for cocktails. Uh, my my go-to cocktail uh, is a Mezcal Negroni. Uh, they're just totally money. Uh, you know, I'm the biggest uh, consumer of Campari and, and vermouth probably oh. On the planet, so we should have our own show, man. Because yeah, these guys do don't—they don't, don't yeah, want to talk real. about anything that has. They don't want to talk about Campari. They oh, don't want to talk about that I stuff. Do. And that the the drunken night that I had in Amsterdam with my oh. wife, it was mezcal Negronis. Yeah, we, 
because we, we went to the bartender just said, what, what do you want to make? And that's what he made us. And we had. I love that. That's the best thing, man. When you go to a bartender and you do that and you say, and a lot of times a bartender will be like, all right, what, what spirit do you like? Uh, and then they go down and then they then they rock and roll. I love doing it to bartenders, really. Because that's their game, man. Like, have some fun. Show me what you got, you know? Yeah, I don't want a Cosmo. No. You know, I mean, just what do you like to make? What's good for you? Oh, I like to make gin and tonics, you know? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Here you go. Little twist Uh, of line. All right. So I have a bunch of questions. A bunch of stuff has come out. Uh, There's still some more about Mescal that I'd love to cover on here. Um, But but you you brought up uh, cocktails. Let's let's go that route first. Uh, because, you know, as I was researching Miscal again, I, I very recently knew nothing about it and uh, and I've been, I've been studying it. And, you know, I, I see that it is in its heyday right now. You know, it is it's getting a lot of attention. People are really finding Miscal, which is creating not only um, uh, an export market here in the States for more brands to be coming into the market. But additionally, it's it, the, we're seeing Miscal bars pop yep. up all over the country where, where, where people are focusing their entire business model against it. And, and I was wondering, like, you know, is this something that it, when it comes to cocktails that you would see a uh, traditional tequila cocktail, would you replace that with, with Miscal? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 100%. A lot of that, the, any, anything that would work in it and really any cocktail that you would make with a white spirit, you can really replace. Hmm. So um, mojitos. Yeah, you could do them all. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, Mezcal mojitos, gentlemen. It's coming it, soon. <laughs> it yeah, sounds good. I like no alliteration. And the, and the cool thing with it is, is for me anyway, uh, over time, the smokiness, which first hooked me, evaporated. Like, I don't taste the smoke at, almost at all anymore. It's not even part of the experience anymore. Uh, and, and through that, all these other unique flavors come to play. But when I throw it in a cocktail, and, you ha- you know, so a Campari is the modifier and the Negroni, it actually amplifies, enhances it, yeah, and enhances that smokiness again. So it's more, it more there, uh, and so I love that. That's really interesting. That's really interesting. Okay, so we, but we do have to address the smokiness um, because people use the term smoky all the time. Go ahead. So, yeah. Randy, Randy, can I fun. cut you off real quick? Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. So I, I searched Miss. And I just thought this was funny. I did this earlier today, so I kept it up on my screen. I searched Mescal in Google, and there's this part where it says people also ask, you know, it says, what's the difference between uh, tequila and Mescal? And we can probably get into that. Is Mescal stronger than tequila? You know, question mark. Uh, does Mescal taste like tequila? Question mark. And the next one, why does Mescal taste so bad? <laughs> <laughs> And I thought that was hilarious. And it's, and I think it's, you know, it's a a lot of people are thrown off by that. That's the smokiness of it. I think that's, I think that's a factor that people forget about. Anything that's polarizing, like, look, the rest of the guys here are polarized by, you know, uh, Isla scotches, you know, so there's something to that, Mm -hmm. you know. Yeah, they're afraid of scotch in general, but but uh, uh, I like I like scotches even well, more. So. Well, I'll t- well, I'll tell you, I have been very vocal on this show, Joey, that uh, I like scotch is not for me. Um, but but that's that's not unique to I like scotch. I I don't like peat moss smoke. I don't like Rauch beers, which uh, use a, a, a yeah, peat moss smoked beer, yeah. Um, yeah. malt. I'm I'm not a fan of. Uh, uh, I'll, I'll call it what it is. I I don't love the fire cured. Uh, you know, tobaccos. It's just over the top for me. This is not that type of smoky. This does not right. have no, any, no, it anywhere is, near. It is, it is very different. It's uh, yeah. you know, that smoky peat that's in scotches 
is so different than the smokiness that you would get in a mezcal. It's more or less, I mean, I used to describe it early on as, is like, imagine your house burned down and the fire department came, put it out, and then they distilled whatever fell into the basement and then they distilled that and that would be mezcal. And that tastes wonderful. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and, and it tastes like sadness. And that too. Hey, hey what drink? What drink loss and, so and, and, and sadness is it tastes, it tastes My like tragedy. My dog was in that fire. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's good. Uh, so wait, now, I got I to gotta ask you this question. Now. So you don't like all this smoky stuff, but do you like smoky barbecue? I'm a, I'm a barbecue fanatic. Well, and, but you like smokiness in there? Well, again, it's not that I don't like smokiness. I, I think it is pretty unique to, to that peatiness. He now, doesn't I don't like know. The, I, the burnt tire aspect of... Uh, it's yeah, kind of got that burnt rubber aspect to it. Yeah, it really yeah, does. The, the peat gets to me, but but yeah, you talk about barbecue. And now now I like I I work specifically to do uh, you know run multiple uh, you know grills at a time, smokers at a time, to where I can taste the difference between hickory and oak and cherry and pecan. Yeah. Um, and and you know that's when I find that that the the smokiness is actually contributing a flavor element rather than overpowering other more subtle flavors that would come from from the original and and that's what i'm getting here with the mezcal is like i definitely am getting spiciness i'm getting this earthy uh i, I mean it, there's no other way to say than like this kind of cactusy uh, you know note from it like it has a really unique flavor and the smokiness is a contributing you know component rather than the overarching punching me in the mouth with it's smoky. Yeah. yeah, it's just not that. I know it gets the headline, like, oh, the smoky cousin of, of tequila. And it's, right, it, right. It, it does it a disservice when people write articles like that. I always cringe when I see them. I'm like, oh, here we go. Another, <laughs> another novice looking for hits on his little, you know, blog. <laughs> you know, it's like, come on. But it's what the, you know what's really amazing about smoke in general uh, in spirits is like how that element can survive the distillation process. Mm-hmm. That's incredible. Mm-hmm. You think about what the distillation process is, and that that smoke element can actually maintain, you know, through that. You know, it latches on, and it just maintains through to the the, the distillate that comes out. Man, it's, it, that's an incredible thing from a super geeky technological kind of point of view. It's like, holy shit, how does that happen? Like, you, you know, know, it's it's like when you smoke a brisket, oh. and if there's anything that's left, and you put it in the fridge. And then oh, every, fridge. and like the next day you get ice out of your fridge and it tastes like smoke. Oh yeah, the butter. You take butter and you make like yeah. a, make a toasted bagel and you put that on. You're like, oh, this is the best thing ever. And, and, and you, you realize it's it's nine in the morning and you think I should make an old fashioned with these smoky ice cubes. It'd be really good. <laughs> uh, so, uh, um, oh, I think uh, Joey might have froze up a little bit, Randy, but. Uh, yeah, but while we're waiting for that, I'd love to just throw out there, just because at least on my bottle, there's a, there's a call out of the wood used, and mm. so I just wanted to point out. So, so this one that I'm I'm using um, or I'm drinking, Wikaru, uh, it says that it has a flavor of acote and mesquite, and acote. Do you know what acote is, Rob? Uh, I know. No, I don't. It's it's this wild thing. I, I had to stop because uh, I was fascinated when I found it at um in in Mexico. They use it as kindling. It's a it's a uh, it's a type of pine wood. Mm. But the the uh, the sap 
it's like paraffin. It's just waxy as, as, as I'll get out. And so they get these little like splinters off the log of, of this pine tree. And the sap itself is like flammable. And it's the most flammable thing you, you've ever seen. Like you hold a lighter, you light a lighter a foot away and this thing will ignite. And yeah. so it's, it's used primarily as, as kindling uh, for, for like creating fat. fires. And, and so, so yeah, so, so just, you know, without getting into the, the super nitty gritty of the process, I, I will say, you know, one of the biggest differences in mezcal production to tequila production is that, uh, is that when they take the maguey plant, the agave plant, they cut off all those leaves. You know, so many people think that it's coming from those big, like aloe vera looking leaves. They actually chop those off and take the heart of the agave plant, which is called a piña. They put that in an oven when it's tequila, and then once it's it's been you know heated and, and cooked, then they mash that down, and that's what they make the mash out of. The difference with mezcal is at least traditionally they'd actually do it like a like a pig roast where they dig a hole in the ground, they line it in rocks, and but then they they lo they load wood in between the rocks, and they preheat that. They light it on fire, they let it burn. Then they load the, the piñas of, of maguey into that. They throw it over a tarp, and they let it just kind of sit underground with the wood and the hot rocks, and that's the oven. And so it, it smolders and, and slowly smoke, uh, you know, roasts these uh, the, the hearts of the agave. And so that's actually where the smoke's coming from, to Joey's point, who's back with us now, by the yeah. way. Um, it's it, similar it, it's, to the way that the smoke is that gets into scotch. Yeah, yeah. In a way, but this is this is another part of that. So is when those pinias are cooked in that you know pit, and that's an amazing thing. That'll they'll cook them for three days to cook them down because this you know a pina is a very fibrous, dense you know item. I mean those mm. things weigh hundreds of pounds. Um, it takes a lot of heat to start to break them down in any in any way, shape, or form. Um, so the outer edges of the pina become you know brown and burned uh some distillers really chop all of that stuff off before they even go to the next phase of fermentation other guys will not so you know, it depends on the type of mezcal you if they want to make a mezcal that is got more smoke in it they'll leave more of those burnt ends basically in play to get a little bit more of a we keep coming back to barbecue, though. You're talking <laughs> Got about to. burnt yeah. ends, baby. Yeah, yeah. yeah so, so, that's so really... you end up with more of a, like a charred character uh, on those, yeah. I assume. Well, it just no, just more of the smoke will okay. will be through the fermentation and distillation. But if you chop a lot of it off, which a lot of guys do because they want a cleaner, uh, more fruit-based kind of note to come through, then they they eliminate that as much as they can. So it's really from distiller to distiller, you know, different, all the different, what they call palenques is where, where it's made. Um, and that's really the difference in why some are smokier than others. Uh, the odd thing for me still is, is the fact that it has disappeared. Like I just, there's none now that I taste that tastes smoky anymore. And that's, that's, it's it totally like a myth. To me, like, how did this happen? <laughs> but it opened up all the other flavors that I was able to discern yeah. Uh, you know, as, as you go down the rabbit hole and that, and that, and that's what kept making it the fun journey that it's been. That's awesome. Yeah. So I, I want to keep going on the mezcal. Uh, I want to touch real quick on the cigar that we're smoking. Obviously we talked about, we're smoking the dogma. This one has uh, not been lit as you can see, but Randy, I just wanted to uh, boast a little bit 
You look yeah, at that. Look at that. That, that oh, if oh. for for those who know, the that old is square logo. That's original release, baby. This cigar has got seven years, six and a half, seven years on it, and it is smoking. So that just so you can see the difference, uh, for the uninitiated. Oh, hello. It's, we can even this out. There you go. So you see we're this one here. Are we gonna do a triangle shaped logo next year or what? Yeah, let's do something. <laughs> let's let's get weird with it. But um, yeah, this is uh, it's OG and this uh, this I, I am drinking the Reposado, which you know is not what the uh, what the, the the super aficionados are into. To me, I'm kind of digging it because it's got a bit of a sweetness to it. Yeah, it doesn't have as much smokiness to it, and it's pairing really well. But Randy, does this uh, this old school logo remind you of anything? <laughs> I'm trying, boy. Randy! Are you ready for the biggest throwdown and celebration that you have ever witnessed in cigars? Well, our sponsor, Drew Estate, is about to change the game again. Drew Estate will be celebrating their 25th anniversary, and you're invited. This is going to be a mega celebration bash that you will never forget or forgive yourself for not attending. The event will not only be a massive party like no other, Drew Estate will first send swag kits to your house in advance, then kick it off with a raging tailgate, host sensory activations, and then rolls in the music, food, and the booze. Make your way to South Fork, Texas, September 25th, and get a taste of the Drew Estate subculture by getting your tickets today at drewestate.com forward slash DE25 and experience the rebirth of cigars. One of the pound for pound top level Drew Estate retailers in all the land is responsible for sponsoring all the cigars smoked here on Flavor Odyssey. The one and only Abe DeBabna and Smoke In. You will never have a bad experience with their courteous and knowledgeable staff with over 600 of the world's finest brands to choose from within Florida's largest walk-in humidors. Drop by any one of their 11 brick-and-mortar locations or visit them online at smokein.com. That was <laughs> remarkable. I mean, that's... I mean, if you aren't amped up after that, I mean, I don't know what. Woo! That's, that's how comment, you do an on. That's how you do an online read. That's that how was. You, that, that was. You, thank you, Joe. <laughs> you earned, Randy. You earned your interstitial there, and that's yeah, what that, I mean, little, that, was, that that little graphic that shows up. That's what that's called, and you yeah, earned it. That I was love, fantastic. Jeff Todd, I think it was Jeff Todd that said uh, Randy's going to give himself a hernia. It sounded like it, baby. <laughs> other other than the fact that I was a little bit scared for my own personal safety. That was the best. That's I give that a nine point nine eight. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I, that one. That might have been your best one that, of all time. That might have been. That might have been the best one. I'll that give it a nine point six. I, I'm gonna go over stellar. nine too. Like I, I'd say yeah. nine point four for sure. On yeah, that, that was one. that was that was your Michael Phelps. That was yeah. your, uh, <laughs> your your Christy Yamaguchi. For some reason, those are the only two names that are coming to mind. Uh, that was uh, that was impressive. I think you were, you, uh, you might have eclipsed uh, Coop there. <laughs> now, hey guys, uh, it should be it should be noted uh, that uh, yes. based on that incredible read by Randy, 
There's a little bit of a uh, a secret surprise coming for Flavor Odyssey. Uh, sort of uh, teased it earlier. Jordan, maybe you can put it on the screen. Get a load of this, guys. It's the new oh. Flavor Odyssey challenge coin. Oh, yeah. Now we just got to figure out which is heads and which is tails. Well, uh, I was going to well, say. Well, we know so- which heads is. So I've, I've, I've already heard some, some confusion that this is not two different coins, ladies and gentlemen. This is one, one coin. That is the front and the back of that coin. How is and there already confusion? Nobody knew about it. Oh, well, he posted on Instagram today. It uh, happens oh, quickly. I missed, that. Oh, and, I missed it. And immediately I have people saying, oh, I want Rob, I want the Robbie head one or I want the Randy <laughs> head one. Of course they one. do. Why, yeah. why wouldn't they? Yeah. 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 yeah you know but, what? You know uh, what? Yeah. No, very excited about having the challenge coins. I look forward to settling all debates here on Flavor Odyssey with a simple coin flip. And, and whoever's head comes up first wins the debate. Boom. Done. <laughs> From now on, that's going to decide who gets to tee off first, Randy. Is it me Ooh. or is it you? Ooh. Hey. I actually, by the way, I will be attending. Oh, oh, this is important, especially if anyone uh, watched our TPE coverage last week and saw me try and win a wheelbarrow of $10,000 on a hole-in-one. Yeah, I I, I chunked the last one. It was terrible. I was so frustrated that I didn't win that $10,000. The very next week, I signed up, and I'm now taking uh, golf lessons from a PGA pro. Uh, here in the Bay Area, and uh, tomorrow course. is it, it, yeah. Tomorrow is my second lesson. I, I've been out twice this week to the driving range, you know, working on uh, some some of the uh, some of the tips that this guy gave me. And I'm telling you, he says I've got a pretty good swing, and that he's going to be able to get me shooting 95 in no time. Somebody somebody called the suicide hotline for that guy. Yeah. I mean, it's, <laughs> well, it's 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 the same kind of thing, like. The strippers don't really like you, Randy. <laughs> it's, the same, it's the same situation. They come and they, they sit next to me. They ask me to buy him a drink. I'm pretty sure they're quite fond of you, Rob. I'm just giving you a hard time. I'm, I'm glad that somebody's helping you with your swing because, oh, boy. Um, but, uh, yeah, so the, I'm really excited about the challenge coin. I didn't realize that you guys posted about it. Uh, I have all of them, like almost all of them in my own. Like, I have all of them. I'm going to dig a hole in the backyard. I'm not going to give any of them to Randy. And, you know, we'll see how they get doled out. We'll see what happens. Um, I, just want, but, I want to take one of those challenge coins, roll up to a bar when we're all hanging out, and you throw one down, and if it comes up Randy, everybody's got to do a shot on my lord. <laughs> yes. That sounds about right. And, and if, it, and if it comes up me, everybody gets, like, a cocktail of their choice. Yeah, if it comes up you, they've got to drink something pink and bitter. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. That's it sounds good. Uh, yeah. yeah we'll do, I mean, do some uh, Amaro or something. Yeah. Hey, they, hey, I, they, I, I have they, a I, I, I ordered a, I ordered an Aperol spritz at uh, at an event and they gave me a hard time about it. Everyone's it's, everyone's drinking whiskey cocktails. This guy's walking you've around. You've never had it. Have, have uh, you ever had an Aperol spritz? Glass, have you uh, ever had it? It's pink. It's not a martini glass. It's a wine glass. And you've never had it. It tastes fantastic. It's one of the greatest cocktails on the face of this earth. But I digress. I think Joey may have uh, fallen off again. But uh, let's kind of go around the room and talk about how these pairings are working out for you guys. I know my answer. We don't need to go. We, I guess we can go thumbs up, thumbs down, however you want to do it. But uh, how's everything working out for you guys so far? Uh, so we'll go first and let you guys go second. Um, this is not the pairing that I want, uh, per se. I'm not going to lie. It's a pairing that you need. I, 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 <laughs> it's a pairing you deserve. I, 
I'm gonna. I'm trying to like it, and so I've just. By the way, we've decided like this could be the summer of tequila and mezcal at Dojo Studio. So, so I am committed. I'm committed to trying to make this work. But as far as tonight is concerned, smoking this amazing cigar with this drink, I, it's just not to me. They don't complement each other right now, and so maybe it's just my palate isn't refined enough. Uh, Jordan, what do you think? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, every time I've had Mezcal before, I've hated it. It tastes like a diesel garage. But what we're drinking right now is pretty dang good. Um, the smokiness is not, like, too offensive or anything. It's not, it's not in that, like, scotch realm where you guys were talking about this before. But for me, like, the smokiness of scotch is more along the lines of, like, bile. Like, that's what I don't like about the smokiness of scotch is, is like, the bile component. This is not like that at all. It's, it's, it's like, a more natural smokiness covering up, like, a, a buttery backbone of, like, a more, like, a tequila. Um, and the smokiness kind of goes along with the cigar, you know, with the, the San Andreas wrappers kind of famously, uh, you know, smoked with hickory woods in, in the curing barns. And that, that is the flavor hook I'm getting. Um, unfo- unfortunately, there's nothing else to go along with that. I would think that... Like Joey was saying, I mean, maybe the purist is going to want this, is going to want the Blanco, but for the pairing, I would think you'd want more of a añejo to bring out some caramels to go along with the cigar. There's no, there's nothing going along with the cocoa or the earthiness or the, or like a mocha component with the cigar. So I could either go thumbs middle or thumbs down, which means I've got to go thumbs down because we've kind of tossed out the, the sideways thumb. So I'm going to go. Yeah, we got We're taking us for we're taking a stance this year. We're taking a stance. We're not going to hem and haw about it. We're just we're we're going to make a decision. (laughs) And you've decided that uh, no, but decided no. Surprise. It's pretty good. Pretty good drink. Yeah. So so for me, uh, again, this is my first time drinking Miscal. I I completely concur with uh, with a lot of the descriptors. Jordan uh, just kind of doled out. I think that with something this rich, uh, you know, you got those chocolatey notes, you got the big black pepper, you know, this is a big flavor cigar. Um, obviously, you know, it'll be interesting to hear what you say, Rob, is you're, you're smoking the OG. It's going to be, uh, maybe a little bit more subdued flavor, but for, for me, I'm, I'm smoking this year's release of the, uh, underground dogma and, uh, and it, it is overpowering. I'm not getting the intensity level, uh, matching the way I would like though, for a completely clear beverage, because of that smokiness, it's actually doing a hell of a lot better job than I would have guessed, uh, yeah. you know, in, in the beginning. Like, it's not getting completely run over. Um, it's it's quite smooth and easy to drink. I was afraid about going after this without an ice cube, I'll be honest. Uh, but I decided to do it because I wanted to try this in, in, in its purest form. There's a lot of flavor in the mezcal. The, the smokiness is, is very apparent. And yet subdued, you know, it's it, again, it's a contributing uh, component rather than the overpowering, you know, only thing that you're getting from it. Um, so uh, I'm, I'm intrigued. I'm excited about drinking this uh, with some other cigars. I liked what Joey said about uh, maybe working uh, closer to a Habano. Um, but uh, but for this one, I'm going to go ahead and give it a thumbs down and say that I'm excited about uh, giving it uh, another uh, another pairing try with this mezcal as we go. Yeah, I, I completely agree with what Joey was saying early on about how he would normally gravitate towards maybe a sun-grown, maybe sun-grown dogma might have been a better pairing um, with, um, with this, uh, with the, well, with the, the mezcals that you all are drinking, um, or Habano, that type of thing. 
For me, I'm drinking, I'm smoking a cigar that's got eight years of age on it, seven, six, five years of age on it, however many years it is. And it is, I'm telling you, boys, this thing ages so freaking well. This is really, really good. It's like, it's like honey on a little bit of chocolate and, and maybe a little bit of, like a little bit of toasted bread. I don't know. It's just really, really good. It's so it's it's very different from if you were to smoke a brand new one, like you guys are experiencing. So we're, we're having, unfortunately, kind of different pairings because I have a Rosado that's it, it's a little bit less smoky. It's a little bit sweeter. Um, and it does have a little bit more of that vanilla kind of vibe to it. I mean, you definitely get that on the nose and you, you definitely get it on the palate. So for me, this is a like, it's not just a thumbs up. Like this is a really enthusiastic thumbs up pairing for me. Oh, because this cigar is super, super smooth. It's got, like I said, that honey, maybe a little like a honeycomb kind of vibe to it. Um, it's super smooth, a little bit of chocolate in there, but not a lot. There's, uh, it's, it's lost a lot of that aggressiveness, uh, but in a good way. Like it's, it's just really kind of smoothed out. And this, uh, this mezcal that I'm drinking is a bit smoother, I think, than what uh, you guys are having. It doesn't not have a, an overly smoky uh, vibe to it, um, and that's. Uh, but you guys are much more, uh, I think, um, sensitive to that smoke flavor than I am. But it, it is there. But it is. It's more of a vanilla kind of vibe, like Joey was saying. It's pulling from that. You get those same kind of flavors that you're pulling from any anything that's going to be aged in a barrel. You're going to end up eventually kind of getting similar uh, similar styles. So this is. I think, boys, especially back in Colorado, you would like something that's that's like this. It's it's a bit cleaner, I think, than than a uh, than a bourbon or a, a, a American whiskey. Uh, a little bit, not not necessarily smoother, but softer. Yep. And it, and it definitely has that a little bit of vanilla. Oh, Joey's back. It's got a little bit of that vanilla yeah. vibe to it. It's pairing really, really well. Yeah. I, the, I mean, that's why I said earlier with like Maduro's. It's not always the go-to for the majority of mezcals. They just, yeah. they don't jive a lot of the time. So uh, we might have been better going with the sun-grown dogma. Yeah, maybe. yeah, oh yeah, absolutely, yeah, yeah. I because I, I started really in the pairings. It was really with Herrera Esteli Habanos, mm. Underground Sun-grown. Those were the two that really, really worked so well for me. And you know, and then as you get more into the the crazier varietals that are out there, whether it's called Tepestate. Madracuche, Quiche, there's just endless amounts of them that get that get away from the smokiness. Uh, just a whole wealth of other flavors. Uh, you know, the essence really cooked agave. Uh, most people have never taken a piece of cooked agave and stuck it in their mouth to know what that tastes like. Uh, but what it does taste like is it's just a super yummy, sweet flavor. Uh, and a lot of times you can't put your finger on it. It's like describing what an apple tastes like. How do you, oh, this apple tastes like well, an apple, yeah. you know, so how do you describe that? You know, uh, so it gets difficult, but, but that's the fun. The fun is really, as you explore it all is all those other different flavors and then how they can pair up with a cigar or, you know, whether it's neat or in a, in a cocktail, uh, Joey. So, so, Oh, sorry. Uh, uh, we got an audience question, Patrick Larkin, like, uh, what would be your desert Island mezcal? Mm -hmm. Um, what do I have currently that's my desert island mezcal? There's a, uh, a varietal called Habali, spelled with a J. Uh, it's a very bizarre agave that when they distill it, it foams up inside of the still, which makes 
you know, makes cleaning it out afterwards really problematic. Hmm. But the end result of that problematic uh, distillation is this super, just absolutely yummy, like rich honey, juicy fruit gum, uh, a weird kind of funky, sweaty shoe almost. Uh, that just funk, you know, whatever funk is to you uh, is Horse in that. Blanket. You know, Right, you know, even like a, you know, when when fruit starts to get over ripened, yeah, you know, there's that really super yumminess to it. Uh, that that would be my desert island one. You don't see a lot of producers making it because it's just a pain in the freaking ass. Uh, but it's absolutely delicious if you can find it. I got one last question for me uh, for the show. Uh, this is to Robbie and Randy. You guys being in the beer industry for so long, both of you guys being beer experts. This this show is focused around the smoky flavor component. I mean, we've talked about the smoky flavor component for so much of this show. What beers, if any, uh, demonstrate a smoky component that you guys can think of? Is that something that you get in a in a beer at all? I can't, you know, just a Rauch beer. Yeah, yeah. There's there's re- really just one. It's it's called Rauch beer. It's it's yeah. it's, it's a smoked. Uh, it's a smoked dark lager, so it's basically like a, a Schwartz beer, but they use a, a up to 10% of a mil, of a Pilsner malt that has been dried instead of in a kiln. It's dried over peat moss uh, fires. Mm. So so kiln, you know, very similarly to how you know the fire cured tobaccos are, or uh, again, you know, what they do the same way they do the grain for a Scotch. Um, they 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 burn this. Um, it's like a, a, a moss that grows, um, or an algae, pardon me, that, that, that grows, and, and, and they burn that, and it just adheres to the um, to the moist uh, grain. But it, it does lend that. Now, now in it, I've actually made those as a home brewer uh, in like a light-colored beer, so you get no color from that smokiness whatsoever. Yeah. Most of the time, you find it in a black beer, but. Uh, but it's uh, yeah, you get a you can get a significant smokiness, and I'll tell you. And, and as much as I like to goof uh, on Isla scotches just to give Rob a hard time, the, the reality <laughs> the reality is they're very intense right when you get to them. Once you sip through it and you acclimate to it, and this is the right. same as the, the fire cured cigar. It's an acquired. It's an acquired taste. Uh, well, you acclimate to it, and you just yeah. it just doesn't become. You just don't notice it nearly as much, and and it does become more of a subtle contributor as as you get past that initial intense, you know, uh, introduction to it. Now, as, as Randy said, that that's kind of the, the, the tradition, that's like the only real recognized style that has smokiness to it. You can find smoked porters, smoked stouts, that type of stuff, where they're going to use that same type of grain to impart that same type of flavor uh, into that particular beer. Uh, I haven't seen any smoked IPAs, Randy. Maybe that's the next step. We should uh, we should we should somehow make that make that our thing, and <laughs> make sure that we make all the money off of that. Yeah. Uh, but but I mean you can really take that 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 grain that Randy's talking about, and um, and use it in any style, uh, whether it's a recognized style or not. But the, yeah. the the one that I've seen the most is probably a smoked porter. Um, you could take is, the uh, you could take the hops because the hops almost look like a little pina, and maybe build mm-hmm. a small little pit. And roast the hops first. So we, we might be onto something here. Let's let's stop talking about it now. And then 
Because this, no, this is no, this is, no, this this is going to be, to be proprietary. Just zip it up. <laughs> just zip that shit up. Let's zip it up right yeah, now. We'll talk about it offline. Process. <laughs> yeah, let's let's uh, let's talk offline. Um, but uh, yeah, so it's um, Joey. You weren't really here when we were going through. We kind of do a thumbs up, thumbs down on the pairing, and uh, feel free to chime in if you like. But everybody kind of did a thumbs down. Uh, yep. based on the pairings that they had. I went thumbs up because I'm going with an older cigar, and I do have the, the Reposado. You came in yeah. right at the end no, I, there. I, I, uh, I actually, as, as my computer was taking a complete shit, uh, <laughs> uh, I could actually hear everybody. The whole thing was shut down, but I could hear the whole thing going on. Like, oh, okay, beautiful. <laughs> so, yeah, so I heard the whole thing go down. and I, No, it's totally understandable. Uh, I, I, I agreed pretty much with what everybody was saying and, and experiencing, because I've experienced it myself. And, and then the reason why I, I've paired things the way I've paired over the years. Um, you know, again, it's, uh, you know, you're new to it. Uh, it can be a little bit aggressive. Uh, you know, everybody's looking for round, well-rounded, balanced all the yeah. time. I, I, I kind of go the opposite. I like things that definitely challenge me a little bit that are a little bit more aggressive, more prominent. Uh, and I like trying to fight through that maybe, uh, but it makes it fun. That's part of the, that's the pairing journey is finding things that work for you because what works for you doesn't work for another person and, and so on that down the line. Uh, you can, and just experience it yourself, you know, pick a cigar, pick a spirit to go with it. And if it works for you, then that's great. Then you further that knowledge and then you find the ones that don't work and you'll be like, ah, man, I don't, why didn't that work for me? Just didn't like it, you know, and that's fine. Was, you know, there's, there's no rule to it. There's no like, oh my God, you don't know what you're talking about. Well, no, I do because I didn't like it. Yeah, you know, I, you I, I know what I tasted, and yeah. it wasn't. And you good. can't, you can't make somebody like what they don't like. Yeah. And that's so. Uh, was your pairing? How did your pairing work out? Because you went with a bit of a, a, a funkier yeah, so, style. Yeah, I went with a with a funkier, sweeter, you know, you know, ricea. So, you know, that really complemented the Maduro. That oh. added that added to the enjoyment of the cigar along with the spirit. And uh, I've just fired up a, uh, an Undercrown 10 just because hey, keep going. It's just because, just because you can. Just because I had one sitting here. And I finished yeah, oh, oh I, I just had one sit this guy. I mean, you know, I liked you so much until just now. <laughs> oh, people say, oh, it's because I just had one sitting here. You know. No, but that's the thing. Even, in, even on the inside, like, I'm fortunate to really smoke a lot of stuff early in the process as we're developing brands and, and different blends and, uh, you know, Willie, you know, trust me that that's something too, is, you know, being in the business on the production side and the manufacturing end is, you know, getting to be part of that team that, you know, you build trust with people that, you know, people, well, I trust your palate. You know, I think that's one of the greatest things that anybody could say to anybody in this business is I trust his palate when he says something to Absolutely. me, I could, I could believe it. So um, I'm fortunate enough that uh, they have a trust in me uh, to be part of the team that when we smoke examples and stuff, when I make a, you know, a comment about it. So I, you know, I'm always smoking stuff a year out from when it's hitting. And that's the hardest thing because I want to splash that sucker all over the place. You know, <laughs> it's not only I'm smoking it before a year out sometimes or more. I'm also working on the packaging for it and I can't even splash that sucker out. I can wave it like this and then like, it's just coming, you know, it's like, you know, so that's the hardest part doing what I have to do is, uh, hold it in for a long time. I'm like, God, I can't wait to release this thing. Well, you know, you you said that, and we're we're running a little bit long. We'll we'll uh, we'll let you go and start to wrap up here. But but we we talked about having you on and talking a little bit, you know, with the the global brand uh, creative director at, at Drew Estate. Obviously, you guys are so well known for your merchandising, for your for your your uh, imagery, 
for the way you guys come out with that. So if I can just ask you know one question, and you know, Rob, if you want to have a, a a question as well, I, I just the way you said that it, it is curious to me. Is um, I don't know if you know, I'm I'm also uh, I'm a marketing director and I work with a creative team as well. And um, and Rob's uh, you know been in marketing much much longer than I have. When when you guys work on a project and they ask you to to come up with the the visual uh, assets to support uh, one of these projects, is that something that you take into account? Are you smoking the, the the cigar early and and is that driving your creative direction as the project is is proceeding? Yeah, a lot of times it's it's a mix of of that and just you know, for me it's always like, what is the cigar telling me it is? That, that's how I always kind of approach it. You know, a lot of times these cigars just have a, a, a nature to themselves that is just obvious. Uh, another Other times it's, you know, somebody just has a crazy cool idea for a brand concept. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we run, and it's a mix of both of that. And it's, uh, it's a real collaborative, you know, effort uh, throughout the company. It's not just, you know, yeah, I'm the guy that puts it together uh, ultimately. But it's really I get, you know, I get input from, you know, you know, JD's like the greatest, you know, muse to have as an artist. And and he's as a creative artist himself as anybody I know. Uh, he just can't do it, you know. But he can sure tell me, hey, this is my crazy idea. What do you Bring think it about life. it? And can you turn this into something that really works for the idea and for the cigar that it's attached to? Uh, and that's the really magical part. But even some of the we've had amazing ideas from all points in the company. And, and it's really about being having your ears opening and listening more than you speak, uh, taking it all in and then coming up with something that you can stand behind and say, look, I really dig this. I would buy this if I saw it on the shelf. Uh, you know, I, I love that. I geek out on that when I see people buying our stuff, like before it's even out on the shelf and they see pictures of it, we pop it online. People are like, oh, my God, I need that. I'm like, ah. That's everything. That's, that means I did my job. That means that it's going to make our sales guys a little bit easier for them to make the turn. Uh, and, and and look, we make the sticks to back it up. I mean, uh, I'm, I'm proud of that, that for 20 years we keep pulling out stuff one after the other that, that we can all stand behind and go, man, we love this freaking thing. Because we're all geeks, man. Everybody on the inside of DE is a, is a cigar geek through and through, man. We, we love this stuff. And, yeah, we get to smoke all our stuff. But we're all geeks that we, we smoke everything. We smoke, we smoke everybody's product. We enjoy a lot of products from other manufacturers. That's what got us into the game to begin with, you know? Yeah, that's, that is all spoken, at least as far as I'm concerned, as a true marketer. Like, the, the idea that, uh, you, you know, listening more than you speak, I think most marketing folks don't really do that. Right. Um, I, think that's, I think that is absolutely paramount in this industry. Yeah. Or in any industry, really, but in the uh, the idea of marketing of, of selling a brand, um, and uh, so I know you've been there, and it's like we'll, we'll we'll let you go here for, in a few minutes. But I have a couple of questions. You've yeah. been at Drew Estate for a minute, Never. like you you said, <laughs> twenty years, right? Yeah. So so you overlapped with uh, with Nick Melillo, Steve Saka, all those guys. Yep. Did anybody all. ever mistake you for Nick Melillo? No. <laughs> Not once. No. It's because you don't uh, wear the hats, totally is that it? it? Yeah, yeah. Well, once in a while, I'll throw on the hat. No, I think early on, I got mistaken once on a trade show for Pete Johnson, because we both had, at the time, we both uh, had all a, the tattoos. We both like, had a yeah, sleeve. Fair enough. If I have the hair boofed up, then it's Bobby Buffet. You know, it's, uh, yeah. you know, you get roped into that whole that whole bit with the look. Is but, it, and I've, I've always kind of laid behind the scenes with, you know, just being behind the scenes, not being a guy out in the front. I don't need to pimp myself and going, yo, I'm Joey Drew and, and, and all that other shit. 
I've been happy to do my my business behind the curtain, so to speak, as we talked about earlier. Uh, you know, just this past year really has been the first year that most people have ever come to know me. You know, and it's basically through all these virtual things that we were doing. I mean, everybody's I'm doing virtual events with with, with our reps, mm. sticks and sips, doing a show like like yours. Uh, so that's exposed me more. I actually did my first ever official on the road with a rep in the field, like store visit events yeah. thing just before COVID hit. That was like oh. my, my coming out party. Like, oh, it's been 20 years. I should probably go on the road, right? <laughs> How did that go for you? Oh, it was awesome. It was uh, it was really cool. It was really cool to see. Uh, I was with with, our, with with Kyle and we were in uh, we were in Tennessee, Mississippi, Alabama. And it was just an amazing time. It was just really cool to be out with the people because uh, I've done a lot of traveling, but I always done it kind of clandestine. I'll roll into shops around the country. I don't announce who I am, Secret what I do. <laughs> uh, grab a stick, sit in a lounge, shoot the shit with customers. Uh, again, all years, man. Uh, and that, and that's the fun part. I, uh, I'll give you one quick story that's always fun. Is I was in a shop in Raleigh, smoking a cigar. I think it was smoking. Uh, it's one of my favorites that, that we don't make Epernay from from Dion. It's one of my favorites. Uh, sitting next to a gentleman, and he's smoking a, a Liga Nine Corona Doublet. And I'm like, "Oh, what are you smoking?" And he shows me a cigar, and he goes, "This is my cigar." I'm like, "Oh, it's your cigar." He's like, "This is my cigar." I'm like, "So what about it?" You know. So he starts to tell me all about it, and he's really enthusiastic about it. And he goes, "You know what? I'm going to get you one." He gets up. <laughs> Goes to the humidor and buys me a League of Nine to give me to light up and smoke to tell him what I think about it with him. And I just, that tells you everything you need to know about this business that we're in, man. It's like, wow. What other industry could you be in that that would even happen? It's only here with, with premium cigars, man. That, that community, that wanting to share with each other something that you enjoy with another person. You know what? You're going to like this and I'm going to buy it for you. Where does that happen, man? You know, that's, that's the beauty true. of it. That's so cool. And that's what gets you going to work every day. That's what makes us want to do this, what we do. That's that's so, such a great story. That's yeah. such a great story. I, I, I worked a bit in the industry and I did a little thing too. And I and I've seen uh I've seen some of that being on the road with the brokers. I mean you guys have your own in in house. Ro Robbie, staff. you still work uh, in the industry. Just just uh, so you well, know. I <laughs> correct. <laughs> I, I should say on that side of the industry. Uh, uh and, and and traveling with the brokers and, and going and and it's it's a grind. It really is. And I mean, those guys, it was a smaller company that worked with called Mombacho. Uh, they're still around. And um, it was it's it's a grind to go to all these yeah. these these shops with a broker that has I mean, the guy that I'm sitting with has, you know, 15 other cigars in his portfolio. And I'm just hoping that we're in the top 50 percent of his portfolio and I'm trying to push our cigars. But it's it is it is a unique experience. I have a story similar to yours. I'll share it offline. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's, that's really cool, man. That's, that's, that's one of the things that's great about this industry. We talk about it. Yeah. You, you go into a cigar shop, you could be sitting down next to a guy. One guy could be a hedge fund manager and one guy is a janitor and it doesn't matter. Doesn't and it's, matter. One, it's, it's one of the few equalizers that we have in this country, yeah. especially nowadays. Yeah. Um, which, I mean, we need to embrace that kind of thing. Uh, yeah. but one, one more thing I want to ask before we go, um, as the global protector of the universe of Drew Estate, what what's what's your day to day like? I, I know that you're drinking all day. I understand <laughs> that. But we but, like, that. but like what's what's the day to day like? Are you always working on projects always that working. are? Yeah. You're working on stuff that's we're not going to see for a couple of years. 
Yeah, I mean, it's I'm working on stuff from the past, the present, and the future simultaneously at all times. Hmm. Because you're never really done with something, even though you sent it off. There's always the follow-ups sure. and the disasters that have occurred that you need to, you know, go back and fix. And then there's the day-to-day stuff of running a, you know, a company that's, you know, we've really grown to such a an enormous scale that, uh, you know, it's 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 really wild having been there from the infancy of it to where we are now. It's it's so dramatically different. Uh, the scale and the amount of people we, we, I need to feed people, you know, all our reps need things, our, you know, everybody in the sales team and the marketing team, they have needs that, that I have to fulfill on a day-to-day basis. And, uh, and just, it's just a constant, uh, great place to be, you know, for a creative, it's like, come on. I mean, I mean, it's just unreal. I have, you know, buddies of mine who are in other industries and on the creative field and they're all like, are you looking for an assistant? I would, I would, I would love to be your assistant, just even for a week or two, just to see what it is you're doing and how you do it, and just the environment. You know, the culture at Drew Estate is just so vibrant, energetic, frenetic. We're brothers and sisters that argue and fight each other. You know, we curse each other out and we hug each other and we love each other. You know, and then we hang out on the weekends. I mean, it's uh, it's a great communal, cultural thing that we've built within our company that I think we also showcase outside to the industry, you know, and the consumers. And I think, I think that they, they get that, uh, you know, we are them, you know, that's how I always approach it. I'm no different, you know? Yeah. I'm a guy that gets to make all this cool stuff that somebody's going to end up buying and spending their hard on dollars on, but I'm that guy too. You know, I'm a guy that walks into a shop and spends money. You know, I go into liquor stores and I drop a ton of coin, uh, you know? So it's like, you know, I, I'm on that end, too. It's, it's just not a one-way street. You know, it's, it, it goes both ways, and we really take it to heart. Uh, and that's that's really what gets me, you know, up every day. I'm, I'm happy to go to work every day. You know, I don't come home. My wife doesn't get a guy coming through the door at the end of the day beat up like, oh, what a freaking grind. Like, no, man, it was what, what an awesome day. There's, yeah, there's problems to solve. There's fires to put out. But there's also a lot of great, you know, artistic you know, I, you know, making ideas come to reality, you know, and then nothing better than that. That's awesome. I'm glad I asked that question. Yeah. Uh, so I'll take this. I'm going to take a quick moment to apologize to you for having to work with Jack and <laughs> congratulating you for having to work with on, because I think those, those are the, those are two of the people that I know the most that work with Drew Estate. Uh, Jack is terrible, terrible, terrible at research. Yeah. Uh, and uh, ask him about it. He'll tell you the story, I'm sure. Ouch. And uh, and Jack uh, is uh, really good at Jack is really good at the uh, pre-sticks and sips dinner order. He's there really you go. good at that. There you go. He's, 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 Jack he's, is good at being Jack, and it's done well for him. Jack. God bless and for, him. And for some reason, he's just become this amazing MC uh, oh. for our our live event, freestyle oh, live. It's just all of a sudden, like we didn't know who knew this. I mean, oh, there's there's there's. It's not like some reason he had some training here at the yeah, dojo, at the dojo studio, and he yeah. is a very. I, I give Jack a lot. I give him all the shit in the world. Oh, but shit, I love yeah. Jack. I love Jack. Yeah. He's a lot of oh, fun. Love, yeah. yeah. Look, if Jack. you love somebody, you gotta give them a shit ton. Of shit. Absolutely. <laughs> if I'm not giving you a hard Wait, time. If you if I'm not giving you a hard time, I really don't care about you. That's basically oh, what it is. Yeah, I mean, so look, that's at Drew Estate is if you locate somebody's soft spot, mm. and then you just keep nailing it. Just poke it. <laughs> just poke <laughs> it. Nailing, man. You just gotta poke it. Absolutely, Joey. Thank tough. you so much, so much for hanging out with us, man, and being generous with your time. I know no, you no just problem, finished man. your show before this. 
Uh, and uh, as Jack was nice enough to point out, you've been drinking for six straight hours, and <laughs> you you uh, you put this together very well. Still no here. one would have ever guessed that you were drinking for six straight hours because you were very coherent. I appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, no, this was a blast, man. And let's yeah, no, uh, cool. let's glad to be on. Thank you for having me, man. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Let's do this again. Let's uh, let's, uh, let's let's dig up some funky uh, some funky mezcal and and pair it with. Uh, let's go maybe sun grown next time and see what happens. Yeah, this was good. a lot of fun, man. Good times. Excellent, man. Yeah, Appreciate definitely. it. Cheers. Cheers, absolutely. All right, boys. We've got there's a whole bunch of stuff going on at the dugout. We've got the show coming up this Friday, but I know we've got something even bigger we want to talk about. Eric, what do you got? All right, so uh, so guys, there's there's no smoke night live this Friday. Uh, Jordan and I have a big family event happening. Oh my goodness. Um, bunch of people coming into town, brothers and sisters, and all that. So for a big event. That's very uh, important to us. But uh, next week, that's the 4th of June, uh, Risty from JSK will be in studio right here next to me Hey-o. for Smoke Night Live. Um, we'll be having a good time with uh, Risty on uh, uh, Friday night, the 4th of June. And then here's the biggie. The next day is Cigar Barbecue, the 11th annual Cigarbecue. And get this. It's sponsored by Drew Estate, as it has been for the last couple of years. Drew Estate is uh, going to be giving away some prizes, and the grand prize, Jordan, is sick. Is incredible. It is a hand painted Pappy Van Winkle Yeti cooler. It's it's incredible. Like I, we've sh- we've shared the pictures on the Dojo Verse a few times this week, but this this literally is maybe the only priceless. I would say priceless, Jordan. How do you put a price on this? I hand? think that's fair. I think it's fair. It's a hand painted, priceless uh, Yeti cooler. There it is. If you're seeing it on the screen right now, that believe it or not, that's hand painted, ladies and gentlemen. That isn't. Those are not stickers. That's a hand painted Yeti cooler. So here's how you participate in cigar barbecue. For those of you who have never done it before, uh, as I said, it's our it's our 11th annual. But all you got to do on Saturday, June 5th, is Barbecue food, smoke cigars, drink whatever drink you're drinking. We're going to have a uh, Spotify playlist that everybody can contribute to. And post what's going on in your neck of the woods in your cigar barbecue. And use the hashtag CigarBecue2021. And you'll be automatically entered to win that cooler and some other great prizes from Drew Estate on that day. It's truly one of the... uh, this is the day that we always say, like, honey, I, I can't mow the yard. I can't do the landscaping today. I can't clean the garage. It's a national holiday. It's Cigar Barbecue 2021. So uh, make sure to uh, join the fun on that day. We're going to be having uh, Matt's going to be bringing some steaks. Scott Braband's going to be bringing some meat. Quinn Loads will be bringing some stuff over. So we're going to be having a big party here. We might even have some special guests on some live shows that day. So make sure to jo- make sure to plan your schedule for uh, June 5th Cigar Barbecue. Yeah, you, you can't do all those other things, but you can make dinner. Yes, you can. Absolutely. <laughs> and Jordan, with this playlist, I was trying to say this just before we came on the show. I was listening to a playlist over the weekend, and the song Lovely Day came on like three or four times. Oh, you don't even <laughs> want to get me started. Jordan can hold a note. I don't what? know who sings that song. It's I, the dumbest song ever. Head. Like, this guy just holds a note for like 40 seconds. But, like, but yeah, he can, uh, Jordan can, can hold that, that note. I've experienced it in person. It is <laughs> sublime. So please, 
add that to the cigar dojo oh, oh, cigar barbecue playlist multiple times and i need i need lives from jordan every time that comes on absolutely Phenomenal. all right boys randy we've got a whole new segment of season 3 coming up can do you are you in a position are you in a place i'm buying you time to pull up all of those all of those pairings that we have coming up because they are i'm super excited about the chocolatey segment of it's chocolatey is so good of season three robbie raz i was born ready for this my friend and we are coming up on the third segment of season three we will be focused on chocolatey if you guys recall what we're doing here for season three is the the flavor can component can come from either the cigar or the beverage sometimes it's in both Whoa. sometimes we have a contrast sometimes we have uh you know flavors that go well together so we are going to get it kicked off we haven't had a beer in a while we've done a lot of wine this season uh we're going to kick this bad boy off with a chocolate stout and the Viaje Jalapeno is a cigar nice. I thought a lot about as we did spicy in the last segment. Uh, that, that cigar, I know, well, it has a good amount of that Esteli spice, but it's got a ton of chocolatiness as well. So I think I'm really excited about the chocolate stout uh, pairing there. The following week, we are going to do something that Robbie Raz and I have never tried before in our lives, but we both got so excited when we found this recipe for the Batida de Coco. Batida yeah, de Coco, I'm going to share that on Dojoverse. I'll share it on, on our social. Uh, it is a Brazilian coconut cocktail. And we're going to be pre uh, preparing that and pairing that with the Laranja Escuro from Espinosa Cigars. We're going to follow that up with a chocolate old-fashioned and a foundation wise man Maduro. And then we're going to finish off with a huge bang for chocolatey with none other than a Mexican hot chocolate and the Under Crown 10. Yeah. What's up? Beautiful. Don't forget the Yoohoo. And a Yoohoo. Yoohoo. Oh, that would have been a good one. Why didn't we do Yoohoo, Randy? You don't, you're not following me on Instagram. That's because, why. Because I posted well, that a week ago. Yoohoo is more East Coast, I think. Yeah. Yoohoo is just it is. like, it's magic. And with I, an underground 10, it's perfect. Uh, we, you know what? We'll do. We'll do a. We'll do, do a wild Mex card with that. One. We'll do a Mexican hot chocolate with a a Yoohoo chaser, maybe. Ooh. Maybe we'll do that. <laughs> but that's Randy. Randy, can I just say thumbs up for all the pairings in advance? <laughs> On that, this one, I think you can. Is that I mean, fair? I, these, yeah, like this I, is pretty straightforward. Yeah. I, I'm excited. You know, we this, call the old fashioned. Exciting. It's a chocolate old fashioned, but it's just chocolate uh, bitters. So that should be uh, a, a fairly subtle chocolate coming from the old fashioned. I know that Laranja Escudo reminds me of a damn Snickers bar, man. It is just chocolate and nuts all day. So I'm really excited about that one with that. Uh, oh, and 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 also it's uh, they're both Brazilian. If you didn't pick up on that, the Laranja Brazilian uh, uh, wrapper there with the Brazilian cocoa it's a nice uh, coconut cocktail. It's gonna be a fantastic uh, lineup Absolutely. of pairings. Beautiful. Looking forward to that. So next week, Randy, remind me, which one are we doing first? The we're starting off with the chocolate stout and viaje jalapeno. Perfect. So we will be doing that next Wednesday. Uh, thanks to everybody for tuning in. This was a great episode. Joey, thank you again for being so generous with your time and your knowledge. Really appreciate it. This was a lot of fun. Yeah, uh, we could let's, let's do this again. And I want to talk more about your job. And I want to send you my resume. And, <laughs> you know, I mean... I've got a lot of experience, you know, I can do some on-air stuff. I'm not very good looking, but, you know, they don't need to see me, so it's okay. Yeah, you don't need to be. You don't need to be. Look, we have Jack out in the camera, too, sometimes. I mean, you know, it's fair. It's fair. That's fair. 
J- Jack has better hair than me, but that's that's about it. Uh, that's he's tall. He's 20. Well, he's taller than I am too. Yeah. He could still, yeah, he's got better metabolism too, maybe. Anyway, uh, thanks everybody for tuning in. This was a blast. We had a lot of fun. Everybody have a great week. Stay safe, stay healthy, be kind to each other. It doesn't cost you anything. We'll see you next week as the Odyssey continues. Good riddance.